uh, are in a, the end uh, week of our series called Questions. And the idea is that um, God uh, has some questions for us in the Bible. We're used to asking all the questions, right? I mean, even if you look at the news in the last few weeks of just these tornadoes. And, you know, when you look at the, the aerial footage, what always blows my mind is that there'll be uh, one house perfectly intact. Like it hasn't been touched. It looks like it was, it was just like newly built. And right next to it is one that's completely obliterated. And you think, at least I do, why, why that house and not that house? And, and if you're in the house that's still standing, you ask, why? You know, thank you, God, thank you, 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 you spared me. But your neighbor is going, why, God? Why, why was I not spared? And to make matters worse, sometimes when we find the backstory, we find out that the house that's saved, the nice house, the house that's there, that person wasn't as good as the person who had their house destroyed. And you start to go, well, man, what is going on? We have these questions for God. And what we've been seeing over the uh, last five weeks is that God has some questions for us. And so he asks us things like, who do you say that I am? Uh, he asks us, is my arm too short that I can't save? He asks us questions like, will worrying add a single cubit to your lifespan? And what we've been talking about is that if we'd a answer the question that God has for us, truly answer it, in the process, we'll find the answers that we have for God. And so that's what we've been uh, looking at. And as Jackie was saying, we're going to uh, be in Mark, actually. The, the nice thing about the feeding of the 5,000, it's in all four Gospels. And so when you read all four, you get a really rich picture of what's going on, of what happened. And so uh, we're going to be in Mark chapter 6, and we're going to have them all behind me just in case we... Um, uh, you don't have a Bible, but if you like to read uh, the Bible, there should be one in front of you or in the chair kind of around you uh, underneath. Um, and you can read along with us. Mark chapter 6, verse 34. When Jesus landed, he saw a large crowd. He had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. This is a, a, a common statement about Jesus. Jesus sees people as sheep, and he sees himself as the good shepherd. And this is all through the Gospels. And when we went through the 23rd Psalm, we kind of got a bigger picture of what that really means, just this intimate relationship between the shepherd and his sheep. And so he has compassion. Like Jackie was saying, this Greek word for compassion is a deep, deep word. It's like it's gut-wrenching compassion. I don't know if you've ever watched TV and you're flipping through the channels and you get caught on one of those things where it shows a lot of people who are poor and hungry and, and sometimes you just can't watch it very long and you have to turn it off because you're just, it makes you uncomfortable. You're feeling compassion for them. Now the difference is Jesus actually takes that compassion and does something, which is what Jackie was talking about. He actually does something. And watch what happens. So he began to teach them many things. Now again, what does this tell us? Because w w when I have compassion for someone, usually they're homeless or they need something or whatever, I don't think about teaching them. But we're starting to get the picture of what we're going to be talking about today with Jesus marrying the spiritual and the physical. 
Jesus will satisfy their needs. Jackie already kind of ruined that for us, right? Right? We already know they all get fed and they're satisfied. But, but there's something else going on here. There's something else that's happening. And so Jesus begins to teach them. In other words, kind of like, look, if you, can, if you can know my word, if you can know about this kingdom, if you can take what we know about the kingdom of God and apply it to your physical needs, there's a really good chance that you're going to be okay. So he begins teaching them. Now watch what happens. By this time, it was late in the day. So the disciples who we see all through the gospels are rooted in the physical, just like you and I are. The disciples came to him. This is a remote place, they said, and it's already late. Those are two very true statements. And if you were there, you'd be thinking the exact same thing. We can't come down on the disciples for coming. It's, it was the facts. When you get a situation that seems out of your control, there's nothing wrong with understanding what the facts are. So this week, as some of you have known, knew, our, our um, equipment got stolen uh, three weeks ago. Our sound equipment, it's $15,000. Um, and, and so, you know, no big deal. You got insurance, right? So it's like, hey, you just, you, you, you do the insurance and everything works out okay. Well, um, we, were, we were changing from one insurance carrier to another insurance carrier. And, um, and so when we filed the claim, we filed it with, come to find out the wrong insurance carrier and the new insurance carrier didn't pick us up and so by the time we could say oh wrong insurance carrier because that one said we're not going to honor the claim we went back to the other insurance carrier no insurance furthermore we were essentially left uncovered for a, a, a week right those were the facts now i handled it like any true pastor would i wept bitterly uh, and cursed corporations and went through uh, the seven stages of grief. I just went, I just, I, I haven't gotten to acceptance yet, but I'm getting there. No, um, no. So anyway, uh, and so I start going through and I'm like, man, okay, oh gosh, $15,000. I'm presenting the facts of the case to the Lord, just like the disciples were. Now watch what the disciples say, because this is so typical of us when we see a situation that's out of our control. We present the facts and then they say this. Send the people away so they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. Send the people away. Now, this, these are the people that Jesus has gut-wrenching compassion for. And the disciples are going, it's obviously overwhelming. Just send it away. Don't we do this all the time? You have a situation at work with a boss, and don't you just wish they'd go away? And you don't even care if they go start their own company and make millions. Just go away. And you start thinking in your mind, man, aren't you ready to retire? I mean, aren't you getting old? I mean, can't we do something? I just wanted to go away. Or you have a neighbor, and they love Justin Bieber, and they got it cranking, and you're like, I, don't, I just want them to go I just away, right? Or maybe you're in a relationship. Maybe you're in a marriage. Everything was going fine, and now things, you just, you just want to be done. I, I, just wanted the, the, I just wanted the insurance thing, I just wanted to go. I didn't want to think about it anymore. And this is what happens with the disciples. Maybe for kids, you might have a teacher that you don't like that one. And you're just like, oh, I can't wait till next year. That year is going to be so much better than this year. Teachers, maybe you have a student. (laughs) 
and you're just like, oh, you got the calendar and you're just marking them down. <laughs> just a few more days and he's going to be terrorizing his parents all the, or her parents. Anyway, um, <laughs> so we just wanted to go away. Now watch what happens. Jesus answers them. See, they asked a question. Well, hold on, watch. He says, you give them something to eat. You take care of it. Now, they're looking out over 5,000 people. They already know the facts. There's over 5,000 people, 5,000 men, which means there's way more people. It's in a remote place and it's getting late. They know the facts. And Jesus says, you give them something to eat. Now, watch what they say. They ask Jesus a question. They said to him, that would take eight months of a man's wages. Are we to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? In other words, if you take the Greek and if you're a Bible scholar like me, they're saying, Jesus, are you crazy? Are you insane? Do you know how much that would take? Sorry, that was an inside joke between my wife and I. I say that all the time. Sorry. That's why she laughed. Okay. Are you crazy? Are you insane? Okay, that's what, that's what they say to Jesus. But again, isn't that what we do? And here's what happens. Jesus is starting to, remember, when he sees the people, he has compassion on them. They have physical needs. They're harassed and they're helpless like sheep without a shepherd. So he begins to teach them. He begins to take the spiritual and try to marry it with the physical. And the same thing's happening now. The disciples say, look what's happening physically. And Jesus says, why don't you get them something to eat? And they say, that would be crazy. And we do the same thing, right? you're you're in a marriage and you're going through the scripture and it looks pretty clear that you you don't have a way out of this marriage there's only three scriptural ways out and you don't have any one of the three and to kill them is a sin you already checked that out and so you're stuck and God says to you I would like you to stay in there and I want you to be the light in that situation you say Jesus are you crazy you don't know what this is like. You understand. Or maybe you're, you're in a relationship and you read the Bible and it says there's no sex before marriage and you go, are you kidding me? I know all sorts of people. They, this is all. And God says, wait till you're married. And you go, man, there's no way. Or, or you're reading through the Bible and God says that he takes care of all your needs and then you read this thing about the tithe and you're like, are you crazy? 10% of my income and God's saying to us if you would just answer this next question really you'll be on your way to marrying the physical and the spiritual here's the question he asks how many loaves do you have what you got what do you what do you got going now here's the thing what if the disciples said Let's say uh, they were super proactive, which is uh, the first habit of the seven habits of highly effective people. And uh, Peter's done with the book. He's all set. He says, hey, we're going to be out in the desert. I'm going to bring some loaves and some bread. I'm going to be all that. I'm ready. And he brings 40 loaves, let's say. So Jesus says, hey, Peter, what do you got? He's like, 40 loaves. That's not enough to feed the people. It doesn't matter how much he has. The the question is almost pointless, right? Because it doesn't matter how much they have. They're not going to have enough. That's the second part of marrying the physical 
and the spiritual. Jesus asked the question, how many loaves do you have? You're in a relationship? A marriage? It's not going well? What do you, what do you got? What, what do you have? Well, we got seven years of marriage. We've had some good times. I loved them when I first met. Okay, that's good. You know? You, you, you're next, to, next door neighbor, the Justin Bieber fan, right? And you're like, oh, I just want him to go away. And God's like, I want you, I want you to start a relationship with that person. And you say, I can't. I hate Justin Bieber. <laughs> I just, <laughs> you know what? I, this is just all on the fly. I didn't have that as an example, and it's not going well. Um, <laughs> I, right? And he says, what do you got? And you go, you reach in, and you go, oh, I got, I got a little bit of patience left. And he's like, okay. I got a little, I got, I have a tiny bit of compassion. I, you know, I saw the Justin Bieber movie. He prayed when he had dinner. Maybe the guy's not so bad. Okay, I got, I, that's all I can come up with Jesus, right? And this is what God's asking us to do. What do you, what do you got in your situation? Because here's the thing. God has gut-wrenching compassion for that person that's bothering you. God sees and he knows okay so jesus says what do you got and then he says go and see in other words go take inventory think about it spend some time trying to what do you have to handle the situation so they go and see and they come back and they say five loaves and two fish now here's the crazy thing about the story this is out of mark if you read out of john that wasn't even their stuff they got it from some kid now, kids, you're in the. This has probably happened to you before. There's so, the kid was the smartest one there, right? He thinks to himself because we know it's a lad. They say in John, he thinks to himself, "We're going out in the desert. We're going to go see Jesus." He takes his Spider-Man backpack. <laughs> he loads up five things of bread and two fish, and he zips it up and he, he heads out there. He's all set. He's ready for lunch whenever we want. And Jesus says, how many do you have? And all of a sudden, he gets surrounded by 12 guys. <laughs> and they're like, hey, kid, what's in the backpack? <laughs> He's like, Not, nothing, some crayons and a walkie-talkie. You know, or whatever you have in your backpack. I don't know what you put in a Spider-Man backpack. Spider-Man stuff, I guess. But, right? And so he opens it up, and there's five. And so the disciples take his food, and they go back to Jesus. Now, actually, it doesn't really work out that way. The, 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 he, the kid came forward, probably because he was surrounded by 12 guys. But, you know, hey, he, he came forward, right? It's not even theirs. And they bring it to Jesus. Because in Matthew 14 is the crux of what we're talking about in marrying the spiritual, the spiritual and the physical. It's in Matthew uh, chapter 14, verse 18. Bring them here to me. What do you got? You got a little bit of patience? You got, you're at your wit's end? You're just about ready to go? Bring it to Jesus. But that's where we, fa- we think there's just no way. We look out and we see 5,000 people and we see that it's late and we're in a remote place and all we have is five loaves of bread, two fish, and a Spider-Man backpack. That's That's all. What good is it to bring it to Jesus? But they follow his command. And they bring it to him. 
It says in verse 41, taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and he broke the loaves. Jackie showed that strong like bull. Very nice. Then he gave them to his disciples to set before the people. He also divided the two fish among them all. Were the fish raw or cooked? Smoked. Okay. Who brought the wasabi? That's, was it Peter or John? I don't know. Right? <laughs> Jeez. All you guys are like, and it had some rosemary on it. It's like this whole thing. Okay. All right. So Jesus takes it and he blesses it. See, here's the thing. When I get into a situation like $15,000 worth of equipment being stolen, I begin to focus on the physical, focus on the physical, focus on the physical. And, and Jesus is like, bring it to me, bring it to me, bring it to me. And in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, well, what are you going to do about it? Like all of a sudden, the guys are going to show up and be like, hey, I'm really sorry, I stole your stuff. But see, God is in the business of being compassionate for people. And, and so that teacher, that boss, that God has something going on. He's compassionate for them. And so he blesses it. And I, I want you to get the picture of what's going on here because when you read, you know, I, I don't know if you ever have seen a movie about Jesus. Um, but at, when they get to this particular time, the way I've seen it in every movie is that a basket gets passed around and as people grab things out of it, it like keeps, form, like it bubbles up and forms so that the disciples essentially kind of like pass out the basket and they just... It just keeps producing. And Jesus is blonde and has blue eyes. Right? That's not what happened. And when, you, when, you, when you look at what happens, it says Jesus kept giving them to the disciples. And the disciples kept giving them to the people. So, so what happens is this, something like this. Jesus is sitting there and he just loads up the disciples with bread. And they go out, and I'm sure when they got to the first group of people, because it says they sat down in 50 and 100s, they had their bread and they're like, now look, you know, go easy on it because this is all I got, you know. But it's a lot. It's a miracle. They're probably stoked about it. And then they turn around after that just gets, you know, the people are hungry. And you know how people are? Have you ever been to a convention where they're giving away free stuff? people are crazy right or costco when they're doing the free things man it's like they've never eaten before well that's what it was like and so they, they get it in, the, in in groups of 50 and 100 now watch what happens they turn around and they focus on jesus with the blonde hair and the blue eyes and i i can almost guarantee you they caught eyes and they go, and Jesus kept giving them to the disciples, and the disciples kept giving them to the people. Now, what happens to your faith, or what happened to the disciples' faith when they're way out? Because now they're going out to the people who are on the outskirts, and they give all that they have away, and they turn around, and they have that walk back to Jesus. Is that not the sweet, is that not a relationship with God? Where, 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 where you start out with nothing. All you can see are the people. All you can see is the physical. It's just overwhelming. And then God says, what do you got? 
and you steal some stuff from a little kid in a Spider-Man backpack, you give it to Jesus, and he begins to bless it. And he says, I want you to give it all away. I've just given you some patience. I want you to give it all away. And then I want you to come back and get more. And come back and get more and come back and get more. You know what? The, the people who I know that are, that are the closest to God, that, you see, man, you just look at them and you say, man, nothing seems to rock them, are the people that are just in that pattern of going out, giving it all away, coming back and getting more from Jesus. In their life, they've married the spiritual and the physical together. When those things happen, when the boss says this or the spouse says this or whatever, they go, hey, God, I, I, don't, I got nothing. I need, I need you to help me. And God says, I want you to love that person. I'm going to bless it when you obey, when you give it to me. That's, so that's the question Jesus has for us. What do you got? He said it to Moses. You know, Moses shows up at the burning bush, and they t- he tells him, you know, you're going to go to Pharaoh, you're going to let my people go, and all that. And, and, and Moses asks a question, again, he asks a question to God, what if they don't believe me? Well, what if, what if I get there? And they're like, why? You know, they ask a question. And God says to Moses, what's in your hand? He's like a staff. He throws it down and it becomes a snake, which is just creepy. Right? Same concept. God is in the business of using small things to do great things. You know why? Then he gets all the glory. And we grow in him. As the worship band returns, uh, I want to tell you what happened. Uh, so uh, this thing was just racking me, the equipment. And I, you know, you start going back and you start thinking of all the things you could have done differently. And basically it came down to one phone call I should have made at a certain time rather than making another phone call. And, uh, and so you just kind of kill yourself. We're going, why did, why did I do that? Why didn't I do this? Why did I do that? And who go, just so you know, this is all free. Um, don't go a day without insurance if you're running a church, okay? <laughs> Chapter one of my pastor's book. So I, I just said, you know what? Last week I preached a sermon on being anxious for nothing. And so I, if I can't do it, or no use preaching it. So I went out and I started shooting free throws, which is what I do when I want to hear from God. I'm just telling you, I don't know why it works this way, but I just, I was just going, pouring my heart out to God, going, I want to trust you. I, I don't want to be anxious for this. I want to just let it go. I don't, and I don't want to turn in my letter of resignation to the church either. So, you know, if you could just do something, that would be awesome. And like, as clear as day, God tells me what to do. This won't mean anything to you, but it means something to me. He said, call Glenn Pryor. Right? Now you're like, who's Glenn Pryor? Glenn Pryor works for our conference offices. And I'm like, yeah. So I begin to call Glenn, and all of a sudden, the body of Christ begins to do its thing, and people are calling people and doing stuff. And Glenn immediately says, the church is under our care, which essentially means you're fired for a while. Uh, And... uh, and, and we're going to take over your insurance and all this kind of stuff. And it turns out at the end of the day, at the end of the day, the new insurance company backdates our policy to the day we canceled with the one and they're honoring the claim. All right? Isn't that awesome? I know. And, 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 uh, and I get to keep my job, which is uh, fantastic. Yay! So, uh, listen... <laughs> 
Jeez. Wow, that's just curly. We we pay you way too much, Kevin. Oh, wait a minute. You're free. Okay. Okay, listen to this. Listen. They all ate and were satisfied. Even the disciples, probably even Jesus. They all ate and were satisfied. Jesus starts out with this gut-wrenching compassion. And then by marrying the physical and the spiritual together, he, he just works it out for everybody. My prayer for us this week, and we're going to end with just one song that we're going to sing together. Um, my prayer for us this week is that we would begin to look at these situations at work or at home or in our finances or in all these different things in the physical and that we would be able to bring them to God and be able to see God working not only in our own life, but in the lives of all those people that bring us maybe frustration or maybe the people we're compassionate about.